Do you want to talk about how you're feeling right now? Oh, so many questions. What does this mean? What do I do? <laughs> Go on! Tell them what you think! I liked it. I think your calculations may have been off. I think it's all right. I just have a lot of feelings. This pleases me. These are perfectly normal feelings. Do you even know what you sound like when you talk like that? Now, shall we begin? Oh, Agent Zimmerman, you think you can dissect me with this cheap little grab baggins? No, I, I thought that with your knowledge, you could... You're so ambitious, aren't you? You know what you look like to me with your mountain climbing backpack and your cheap magic decks? You look like a noob. A well-scrubbed, hustling noob with a little taste. A good amount of Pepsi has given you some length of bone, but you're no more than one generation from poor white trash, are you, Agent Zimmerman? And that accent you've tried so desperately to shed, pure Californian, Wofford Heights, I'd wager. What was your father, son? Was he a teacher? Does he stink of the chalk? And oh, how quickly the girls found you. All those tedious, sticky fumblings through the handful of Q-tips. While you could only dream of getting out, getting anywhere, getting all the way to the Real Feels podcast. You see a lot, Doctor. But are you strong enough to point that high-powered movie knowledge at yourself? What about it? Why don't you look at yourself and review what you see? Or maybe you're too afraid to. A podcast host once tried to review me. I ate his liver with some Bahama Mamas and a nice spicy bitch water. <laughs> <laughs> you fly back now to the podcast, little Zimmerman. Fly, fly, fly. Fly, fly, fly. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Real Feels Podcast. We bring you a new movie genre fortnightly. Fortnightly. And we thank you for joining us. If this is your first time coming in to listen to our lovely voices review some film, then we welcome you. If you are an old friend, please pull up a chair, pour a nice glass of Chianti, and get ready for our psychological drama genre with The Silence of the Lambs. It's a mind trip. <laughs> you spook easily, Starling? Not yet, sir. He's past the others. The last cell. I'll be watching. You'll do fine. A killer is on the loose. Keeps them alive for three days. Then he shoots them, skins them, and dumps them. A rookie FBI agent is on his trail. He's got real physical strength, cautious, precise, and he's never impulsive. He'll never stop. But in order to track him down, she'll have to match wits. I'll help you catch him, Clary. Believe me, you don't want Hannibal Lecter inside your head. With the darkest of all minds. Just do your job and never forget what he is. But he's a monster. Pure psychopath. So rare to capture one alive. So close to the way you're gonna catch him, do you realize that? Oh, Clarice, your problem is you need to get more fun out of life. You told me you don't spook easily. You call this easy, sir? Lecter's missing hand arm. Man's a raving maniac. Who knows what he'll do? 
<laughs> well, I am uh, Dr. Hannibal Hallam. Sure. <laughs> oh, Jack Reese Starling. Jack Reese Starling. I'm front desk re- reappearing in a couple other movies. Front desk Nathan. <laughs> no, screw that. Are you I'm Barney? Buff- uh, yeah, a uh, uh, Buffalo Barney. Jack. Buffalo oh, Jack. Buffalo Jack. Would, would you, do you want to fuck me? <laughs> do you wanna, I'd, I'd, I'd fuck, fuck me. me. Fuck me so hard. <laughs> I'd fuck me so hard. <laughs> Such an amazing, obvi- obviously an amazing film. A classic piece of cinema. We have director Jonathan Demme, who is uh, more so known for such films as Philadelphia and even the uh, the remake of The Manchurian Candidate. But this this definitely is probably his prized possession, I would assume, with having a winner of the big five best director, best movie, best actor, best actress and best screenplay. Yeah, bringing up that director's other accomplishments, it kind of makes you just want to say, put the lotion in the fucking basket. <laughs> <laughs> just get to the point. <laughs> She's hurt real bad. <laughs> I mean, it, it's just, it's one of those things that it is, it's, it was history in the making for having not only, you know, best actor for a horror film, a horror film winning best picture. I, it's, it's crazy. And especially for the fact with Anthony Hopkins having approximately only 16 minutes on film the entirety of the uh of the movie yeah, that's the second least amount uh larry niven won an oscar i think with slightly less time but that was in like 1958 yeah and that was for separate tables i believe the movie was mm-hmm. yeah and, it's and oh. he's pretty like confined to only a couple locations like his character doesn't get to travel much until the very very end it's like like a very high quality ingredient like a foie gras or a caviar or certain (laughs) kinds of very fucking expensive fish where like just a dabble do you in this type of setting and uh, i think they utilized his talents very well jodie foster was was frankly terrified of him and uh when he started to make fun of her accent that was unscripted uh and she was taken aback by that you can see her reaction in the film and she actually complimented him after the fact but avoided him on set for the most part till the movie was over because he was so fucking terrifying well i mean even in the same scene where he does the whole kind of noise which that was not scripted at all either that was also completely improvised which everyone absolutely loved but then it was also rumored that the director uh fran- frantically got annoyed with it uh though he apparently denies that <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm sure he denies it now that it's a huge success he's like, oh no no no, no. I, I i that i told him as he's like know. polishing his oscar no yeah. no, 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 no 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 we we would just skype back and forth going <laughs> just back and forth we we love conversations it so much. yeah just <laughs> we did a whole celebrity on of of just <laughs> the, the language of Hannibal Lecter. <laughs> we did the lore. We we got deep. We tolkien the hell out of this. <laughs> I can smell your cunt. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Look at that. that. Look at that. that could not, not even be tagline. <laughs> that's not gonna be the tagline for this movie. Gosh, isn't it though? Oh man, isn't it? It so, puts the lotion on the <laughs> skin. Or else it's going to get the hose again. It's the hose again. So for those who are not familiar with The Silence of the Lambs, you have Agent Clarice Starling, played by Jodie Foster, who has to interview Hannibal Lecter 
played by Sir Anthony Hopkins, in order to find out who this notorious serial killer is, the uh, infamous Buffalo Bill, who has been kidnapping women, keeping them alive for, you know, X amount of days, then killing them and removing various parts of their skin. And so uh, you have Clarice Starling definitely trying to prove herself, not only in a world of men, that is a world dominated, you know, men uh, dominated field being like an FBI agent. But, you know, she's not even an FBI agent purely yet. She's a, she's, she's a trainee. She's a student. So, I mean, it's it's a uh, it's a bit of a ride, not only for us as the audience, because a lot of the camera work is done. So we are watching not only through the people's eyes that she's talking to and she's staring straight at, you know, the camera, which a lot of films don't necessarily do. It's supposed to be making that intimacy and bonding with her as, you know, our protagonist and uh it's man, it's I think it's just masterfully done. Plus, a, a little bit of a shout out to uh, Scott Glenn, who plays mm-hmm. uh, Jack Crawford. Uh, he's uh, one of my favorite character actors from around that time, simply because he played the captain of the Los Angeles in uh, Hunt for Red October. And uh, that's one of my all time favorite movies. So anytime it pops up, it's like seeing a band of brothers person, you know, pop in up in another movie. Silverado. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, oh. Uh, well, yeah. No, I, 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 love... <laughs> I read these books. Your conclusions are all wrong. <laughs> <laughs> my deep love for Scott Glennon is even when he does things that like, I'm like, oh, you're doing Sucker Punch? Really? <sighs> but amazing in Daredevil phenomenal yeah and he had a really great role in the hbo series the leftovers which is a really weird uh it's the same guy who did uh the the show that you guys want me to watch uh where they're on an island and lost yeah Mm. oh well nathan's more adamant about it it, and it comes full circle (laughs) yeah Uh, but he he played a really interesting role in that as well i haven't seen backtrack it's forever man Fire I really storm. enjoyed Backdraft. Mm, good stuff. That's what I need to start calling my farts. Backdraft. <laughs> if Anna's like, what was that? I could be like, Backdraft. Backdraft. Apocalypse Now. Yeah, he, he's, been, he's been in some, some stuff, but I think that he is just like a very solid supporting cast. But I hands down, Ted Levine or Levine. Oh, yeah. Ted as, Levine. As the uh, Buffalo. Whoa. Whoa creepy and just so like terrifying on that like oh dude you're messed up line really good oh very Sparkly much so wears force <laughs> put the and lotion in the basket <laughs> and that this also this movie also made me hate little yappy uh foo-foo dogs <laughs> oh darla <laughs> playing precious the the toy poodle uh, and then um, while Anthony Hopkins was a known actor, uh, he was not the household name that he is now. No. Uh, in fact, Anthony Hopkins said after the fact, after winning the Oscar and after the movie had come out, that if this failed to launch him uh, his Hollywood career, uh, he would just go back to concentrating on British stage. So I- I'm sorry, British stage, you lost out. But what is it for? Yeah, uh, like four Oscars? Academy, yeah, four yeah. Academy Awards that he's won. I mean, even before Anthony with Hopkins, with this being his first, yes, with this being his first, and I mean, even before Anthony Hopkins took the role of Hannibal Lecter, you had Sir Sean Connery up for the role, to which he he and said possibly no. Gene Hackman. Well, okay, so Gene Ooh. Hackman originally bought the rights for the movie 
along with with the director, the producer, one of them. I forget exactly who uh, Jonathan. Yeah, Jonathan Demi. Yeah. So he bought the he bought half the rights with Jonathan Demi. Gene Hackman's daughter read the book by Thomas Harris and she told him like, no, you're not doing this movie, dad. So Jonathan Demi bought the rest of the rights for I forget exactly how much. I know Orion Pictures bought the screenplay for 500000 Can I try a Crimson Tide-inspired Hannibal Lecter? Yes, please. Right. And the last person who did that, I killed him! And I ate his liver with fava beans and a fucking Chianti! They're fueling their missiles! <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. Hannibal Lecter, you are relieved of squad command. They're fueling their <laughs> missiles! <laughs> But yeah, no, like Gene Hackman, he wanted to direct it and he also wanted to play Hannibal Lecter. But when his daughter said no, like he, you know, pulled the dad card, he decided not to do it. Sean Connery said that basically the role was too gruesome for him and he didn't want to play it. And other people that were nominated for or even like in line and thought of for Hannibal Lecter, you had Daniel Day-Lewis, which I think Daniel Day-Lewis probably could have done a really, yeah, really good job. Daniel Day-Lewis's method acting, he probably would have gotten arrested Ooh, because maybe. he yeah. would have killed somebody maybe. to to really see how, what it feels like. That would have went sideways <laughs> real quick. <laughs> I will eat you! I will eat you! <laughs> Don't stay alive! Put the lotion on the skin! Ed Harris wanted to play Hannibal Lecter be, uh, because he was offered the role of Jack Crawford, but he didn't want to do it because he said the role sounded boring. So he denied that. Dustin Hoffman was up for Hannibal Lecter. I could never in my life see Dustin Hoffman playing no. a cannibalistic serial killer. I could see him, though, yeah. as Buffalo Bill, like, puts lotion on the skin. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Elsie gets the hose again. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Gonna, when yeah. when I watch uh, Hook, killed killed about uh, Baker's dozen. Yeah, yeah. Oh jeez, when I watch it's Hook, a rain I man buffalo bat. Yes, <laughs> one, two, three, four. <laughs> Put the lotion in the fucking basket. Uh-huh. How many how many moths moths moths? One, two, three, four, five. <laughs> but like when I watch Hook, I don't think. Oh yeah, that's Dustin Hoffman under that. Like he, I think he nails a lot of the roles that he does. Same thing with well in the sequel, but uh, Oldman. Doing, yeah. you know, oh, Gary Oldman and Bert- Hannibal. Well, that was the sequel. The sequel, Red Dragon, or which was the sequel? Sequel uh, was because uh, Red no, Dragon. Hannibal, I, think, I think is the third one. Is Hannibal, Hannibal the second one? Hannibal's the sequel. Red Dragon is the prequel. A prequel, With and then even a more prequel. Yeah, and then a, even a more prequel. You have Hannibal Rising. Yeah, I don't think I saw Hannibal Rising. It's like Hannibal as a teenager, and it gives kind of this. Uh, like it, it foreshadows the mask that's is on it, him. Is it like apt pupil? Is he just like killing <laughs> homeless people? <laughs> that's a that's a great film. It I is love, a great movie. I love apt pupil. But no, like you're right, Nathan. Gary Oldman in Hannibal is it's not even Anthony Hopkins is my favorite in that film. It is Gary Oldman. He takes down. on well, the creep way more. Oh, that and the makeup, the special effects makeup in Hannibal is outstanding for him. And I could see Ed Harris doing Hannibal Lecter simply from seeing him in Westworld because he brings this sort of simmering, like just malevolence. Is that even the word sure. I'm looking for? Malevolence. Malevolence to the the role. But uh, I don't know. Uh, it, the movie is 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 pretty dark good. The only yeah. gripe I have is, and again, this is growing up and times changing is that the the monster buffalo bill is 
you know, a trans person. Or at least he he that they thinks, portray he thinks that very he is. in a in a very unfair light. And and in 1991, I think that's an easy low hanging fruit punching bag. You know, that was around the same era as the Crying Game, and uh, you know, it's it's something that people could easily lash out at or make into a villain or and make they, light and of. And I don't think this movie could be made now with the same setup as who the villain is and and why he's going through this yeah probably not i doll it up a little bit into something that's different right and i know that like members of the lgbtq community did you know take uh precedent towards the actions and the depiction of the character of buffalo bill but yeah no they they took issue with the fact that like this is how supposedly a transsexual was going to be depicted and it it's they they make it very clear in the film that there's no connection like Jodie Foster's character clearly states like there is no psychological evidence or connection that violence is any anywhere near connected to someone who is a transsexual as she said like they're normally very uh timid and you know they self isolate sometimes but it has nothing to do with anything that's like violence and even Hannibal says like he's not a real transsexual even though he may think he is so i mean they 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 tried to you know explain and depict that like this is not the case like we're i mean the director and even Ted Levine went on record to say like we're sorry like if that's the way that it came across we're sorry if like that's how you're feeling but like that's that wasn't the message at all and i mean Ted Ted Levine's depiction of buffalo bill I think it was also like very, very inspired. You had different things from the novel to the screenplay, like his little dance where he tucks and he does his, you know, back and forth dance. It's in the book, but it wasn't in the screenplay. And it was completely improvised at that point to which even to doing that scene, he had to take several shots of vodka or vodka tequila in order to do it. The uh, tattoo of the rib removed was not something that was in the original screenplay either. So, I mean, a lot of like uh, creative license was taken with it. And I think it is a little bit for the best because, I mean, his his portrayal of this villain is a, it is scary and it's so manipulative. And like, no, I didn't. I don't know who she is. Oh, was she a great big fat person <laughs> there? I got a card inside. You can come inside. <laughs> I mean, um, I like how they touch on and it was inspired by and the FBI heavily worked with the the producers and the creators of the film to highlight the the behavioral science unit, which is also uh, the subject of Mindhunter, uh, which is the name Good of a stuff. book that came out about the FBI behavioral science unit in its fledgling days and, and how they go about finding serial killers like this. But that's, you know, there, there was no real Hannibal Lecter. They based it off of Ted Bundy and the uh, FBI going and interviewing Ted Bundy and multiple other serial killers to develop a profile about what sort of psychology drives this behavior. And that is fascinating stuff. If you get if you're looking for some sort of creepy uh nonfiction reading, uh look up Mindhunter. It's it's a great little book. It's you know it doesn't have quite the entertainment factor of the TV series, but it is fascinating stuff to think of, you know, all these people have these shared motivations and what's driving them to to kill and what their motive is and what sort of release they get. Is it, you know, is it sexual or or whatever? It's just weird to think about, you know, in this day and age when you know, psychopaths may hold 
some of the highest offices if, in the land. Oh, so. there it is. <laughs> if this, yeah, if this movie, so imagine if this movie was never made, but we had the screenplay for it. We know what to compare it to, and we were like in charge of casting it. Glenn Flesher, who is in like True Detective. Uh, he's the bad guy in True Detective season one. He's in Billions. He would be. Oh, oh yeah. He would yeah. be the next Anthony Hopkins because I think he is. I think he's, he's the. Uh, he he's like yes! the Chechen he's mob boss from Barry. He's in Should Joker. I get Bobka? Uh, I get to as Bobka. Randall, the guy that he sh- the other clown that he shoots. I think that he's one of the best actors. Like I really do. He in True Detective, he freaked me out. He was so good with his his character. Nathan, you never make flowers on me anymore. He goes like in like an Irish accent, and then he goes into some like Western. A- I'm like, what? Is- who are you? <laughs> uh, my family's so good. been here for so a long good. Time. <sighs> I think True Detective so season well one is probably one of the finest series on TV. Uh, the chemistry between Woody? McConaughey and uh, Woody. Uh, fuck, what's his name? Woody. Uh, Woody Harrelson yeah, sorry, is, is just fucking perfect. Silence. I think that, like, <laughs> well, I, I was just gonna say, like, I I love the fact that um, doing a little research for this, the scene where he literally says, like, you know, a census taker once tried to test me. I ate his liver with some fava beans and a nice Chianti. So the condition that supposedly Hannibal Lecter has could actually be treated with several antidepressants called MAOIs. However, with MAOIs. There are three things you explicitly cannot eat while taking said medication, and that's liver, beans, and wine. Oh. So it's kind of like a little, it's kind of like a fun little poke at the fact that Hannibal is so smart that he can even like poke, poke fun at himself and go like, ah, no, you're never going to get me. Eat the thing, <laughs> eat and drink the things that would help me. Like he based the, uh, the way that Hannibal talks, or at least, it, Talks without blinking, and when he does blink, it's conscious and and very much he meant to blink at that point. But he had a friend, Anthony Hopkins, that that did that and unnerved all the people that he would come in contact with. But it's also sort of a predatory thing mm-hmm. from uh, like lizards. Lizards and reptiles will consciously blink, and the same way that he did that he like you know had his high voice, which he said was a mix of like Truman Capote and Catherine Hepburn. He also said that he compared Hannibal Lecter to Hal from 2001 A Space Odyssey. Hmm. Yeah. High intelligence, murderous, homicidal. (laughs) Logical. But but not just smart, like, intellectually, but smart crafty-wise. When he... So when... Let's talk about the, like, the the police... The escape. Yeah. The escape. The hangar scene where he's, like, in the cage. Yeah, which... no moats, or no uh, no walls, just walls of air. <laughs> well, okay. And do they have, like, Even, the B-team yeah, guarding yes. him at that point? You're going like, guys, what the fuck? Don't do it's this. It's like two people. Two people are in that entire it's room. It's like, go let's, pile. Let's jump back just slightly when he's in his cell and Dr. Chilton is basically like, you're not getting any deal. Do you think that they're really going to give you a deal? You're never leaving this room. And Chilton leaves his pen, like, on the like the bed on his jacket and Hannibal's just like he's just like staring at that pen and he's like and you know think like oh he's gonna get the pen somehow and that's how he's gonna escape we don't see it as an audience but we know that he got that pen because when he's transferred to meet the governor 
Dr. Chilton cannot find his pen to sign the release form. Yeah, but when he kills Dr. Chilton, I think everybody is a little bit satisfied because Dr. Chilton was such a dead. You never see see the death of it. You know it's coming. But when it happens. I do wish we could chat longer, but I'm having an old friend for dinner. Bye. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, yeah. The original he ending was such of the a movie. Fucking asshole, and he was even an asshole. Oh, to Clarice. he was a dick. He was a dick. And what's really funny is like, okay, anybody who watched uh, Boston Public on Fox, okay, not many. I'm kidding. The guy who played Doctor <laughs> Chilton, not many. Terrible show. Doctor Chilton, the actor who played him on uh, Boston Public as well. It's almost like the same character. The same disposition and the way that he, you know, portrays himself. Yeah, so he's an asshole. Like, he thinks he's better than people. He doesn't like to have confrontation or his authority challenged. It's the exact same character. But when you're saying that, like, you know that people are expecting him to die at the end of the movie and they're not going to be sad about it, that was actually the original ending. The original ending of the film was going to be Hannibal calling Clarice after he had already killed and eaten Dr. Chilton, but they switched it up. And and you know that um, this has a a big place in pop culture history uh, Mm -hmm. because it has been lampooned in other places. Uh, A good analogy would be The Simpsons with um, the Treehouse of Horror where they do... Sideshow Bob. Well, not Sideshow (laughs) Bob, but... Well, Sideshow Bob, don't they they bring him in on like a... uh, a trolley thing, right? No, but the the or- shining, the shinning, <laughs> and no TV and no beer make home or something, something. I hadn't seen the shining up to the point. Now I had seen uh, Silence of the Lambs when South Park lampooned it and had Cartman mm. as Buffalo Bill. Put the lotion in the fucking basket, <laughs> like. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, buddies. <laughs> now, Mr. Kitty, my papa. So, um, you know, it definitely <laughs> is 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 part of that pantheon. And as far as um, psychological, was it thriller or drama? Psychological drama. Psychological drama. It's I, what else would we have picked? Or there were other things that I definitely could have put in here. I was even Talented thinking Miss Ripley. Yeah, I, but you could have mm. gone the other way. You could have done like uh, Eternal Sunshine, oh. Spotless Mind. I mean, true. I, I even probably would have gone with uh, or maybe Lawnmower uh, Man. Uh, oh, oh Jesus, no, <laughs> not Lawnmower Man. I was another contender for this was going to be Stephen King's Misery. Uh, yeah, yeah. I I like because I mean it, everything is a giant mind fuck in that movie. It's I mean, it's all like oh you're getting better. Oh well I read your last chapter. Time to break them legs again. Ooh, so rough. <laughs> you ain't going nowhere. You you're not going anywhere. Oh Jesus. Uh, there was even a off Broadway musical that was made <laughs> called Silence the Musical. Could make it this far in show little time. Look in the car, there's a head in a jar. It's the sheen of a crime. Now they can't hold me back, cause I just raised the bar. I'm on fire, call the press. Here I am, hold your breath, I'm a star. It's Agent Starling. Which started off on the internet purely. But then it it got so much fandom 
that it actually wound up having a stage production from people backing it. Fava beans and a nice Chianti. <laughs> we can't smell your cunt. My name's Clarice. Have the lamp stop screaming, Clarice. <laughs> now I'm going to fling they? my goo. Oh, jeez. The goo, the goo, the goo, not the goo. I want to know how many times Miggs has practiced flinging his semen out of his cell to have hey, such accuracy. See, I danced around it. <laughs> <laughs> you just walked right out the door. <laughs> Woo! It came in a flying well, hot and ready. And it's it's almost poetic the way that he puts it to he's like, I bit my wrist so that I could die. See the blood. <laughs> so every Wednesday before these these episodes come out, ladies and gentlemen, you, as you probably you will show no, well no. Uh Drew releases Drew clue, Drew's clues uh on Twitter. <laughs> and one of his clues for Science of the Lambs was um what's her name from something about Mary where she gets <laughs> so semen in her head. She's like, oh, some moose. And I thought that was great. I thought that was a great fucking clue right there. I wanted to go so obscure, yet so spot on. So, I mean, that's why I grabbed like the something about Mary. I had Tim Curry from, you know, uh, Rocky Horror with Sweet Transvestite. And uh, it's just, it's such a funny thing to do some of those clues and just like mind screw some people. <laughs> <laughs> but there's something about Mary one. That was the last. I, I it was a last minute change too, and I'm so glad that I changed. Do we think it. that it's yeah. weird that they that they did put a student with a mastermind psychology? I mean, like a little bit of a yeah, stretch. but it's sort of like sending Luke Skywalker up against Darth Vader and the Emperor. Like any other Jedi, they would have sort of known his tricks, whereas the the un, slightly untrained may have. Have some, uh, you know, they go in a direction they're not, you know, not trained in. But when, she, okay, when she goes to the storage unit, I instantly yeah. was like, "Oh, you're dead, bitch! You're dead!" Like something's oh, inside. It doesn't if open, this door crushes me, here's the contact information they'll need. Oh, it doesn't open all the way. Oh, that's <laughs> fine. I'm just gonna try and squeeze in there. Ugh. My driver yeah, detests yeah, yeah, manual labor. Was that labor. Dracula, who was the fucking uh, owner uh, there? Like, uh, come uh, back, my son. He'll help you. <laughs> Your neck <laughs> is so pearly white. <laughs> I think bringing in Starling was the idea that, one, like, Crawford knew that she was intelligent. And she and knew that she had good training. And she had the aptitude to join his field in psychological profiling. Also, Dr. Chilton even acknowledged, like, well, you're very pretty. And you're just Lecter's type. And he hasn't even seen a woman in eight years. So, I mean, I also I don't understand, like, what what the fear would be that Hannibal would ever escape this facility. Watching them go so down many flights of stairs and through one door, locking it through another door, locking it, card key, locking it. I'm thinking he is he is packed in tighter, you know, than like a, a, a container of like stir strumming like he's not getting out. No one wants him escaping. Well, and uh, Starling, Clary Starling, uh, was almost played by Michelle Pfeiffer, but I mm -hmm. don't think that would have worked out because she's a little bit too bombshell for this. Not Jody, that um, powerful uh, had, women can't. She's she's yeah. she's easy on the eyes you know, before her uh, chickapay tehe and the wind stuff, but uh, yeah, that's another episode. <laughs> I don't think Michelle Pfeiffer. I don't know. Maybe she could have pulled it off. She did kind of get kind of edgy with Batman Returns, but if they had to re cast her i think robin wright Whoa, may have been yeah. a decent choice as well mm. i think robin wright has that innocent factor yeah, to when it. you yeah, watch she's got an edge i kind of question why have you not been in more like why have i not seen you in more 
bigger things, Robin Wright. You are so. She doesn't have to. She has Princess Bride money. I know, but like, she's so. <laughs> which is. It can't be that much. She just said, Wesley. <laughs> <laughs> Fetch me that picture. Is <laughs> you? Wish. Wish. <laughs> she didn't, not with a thousand swords. There's not. How much money do you get from that? Come on. But but she's a phenomenal actress. Oh my gosh, I love what what she can do. And House of Cards, she's so powerful, and you know she just comes off guns blazing. Well, she's got like the cougar yeah. haircut going Ooh. on. Rawr. Like uh, every time she comes on screen, it's like. Rawr. She just took down a jogger in a park. <laughs> would, ah! would you have switched up the roles with uh, Ted Levine for Buffalo Bill with anybody else? I'm trying to think of anybody else that would depict something that's like super, super creepy. And I can't think of his name, but it's the guy who was Rorschach. I could almost see him playing someone super creepy. Yeah. I, I, my pick would still be that Glenn Fisher or, Fisher or whatever. The, yeah. The guy from True Detective. But there's a couple. Yeah. There are a couple people you could really toss in there and kind of put everyone on their heels by revealing just how creepy they are in fact that's why i like when whenever they announce new batman villains i get so excited to see how that person is going to like interpret that role and really go with it i think john lithgow would have made a i think john lithgow was did we all know was he up for something no we all not watch dexter I haven't seen Dexter. We did, but that came after the fact. And John Lithgow, I think, was the last gasp where Dexter Ooh, was good. Really? And Colin everything Hanks after that. Episode? Yes. Come on. Yes. I like what? No. As much as I love Edward James Olmos, <laughs> that season was shit. And the rest of it was shit. Where basically the entire Miami Dade County knew that <laughs> yes. he was a serial killer. That's what it, it fucking went them. off the rails. All right. Whoa, 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 whoa. Let's dial this incest porn back. John Lithgow's already had his yeah. chance to play a psychotic person in the movie Raising Cain, so. Well, and he also played a psychotic person in Santa Claus the Movie, which is one of my favorite oh. holiday Oh, that's treats. right. That's right. Yes, guys, yes. There was, uh, I think it was like two years ago. You had, us, you had us watch it. So the guy who plays the big Lebowski mm-hmm. uh, in the wheelchair, he is Santa Claus. And uh, John Lithgow is a evil uh, toy maker who makes very poorly yep. made and dangerous toys, and they kind of go head to head. It's one of my favorite fucking films. I think I've shown it to Anna three times. I don't think she's <laughs> stayed awake through all of them. Because it's probably a bad movie, but I have such feels for it that I'm like, <laughs> Yay! It's on! Yay! Rewind Let's go, play! Santa! Burgess Meredith plays Father Christmas. Yeah. It's just no, a there's fucking no, There's no shame in something the that you enjoy. The basket. <laughs> <laughs> Dudley Moore plays one of the elves. It's, it's, it's fucking 80s perfection. I would like Dudley. to acknowledge the idea that it's genuinely creepy, and it was brought up earlier with the fact that Hannibal like only blinked so many times in this movie and i i did i find that so unnerving when he's like staring out he's like i want a place with a window possibly viewing some water in a federal institution and you're just like blink son of a bitch you blink <laughs> it's just so weird and clarice <laughs> clarice is really good about like kind of playing all sides but yeah but realistically still being in the in the dark enough where Hannibal doesn't think that like he's being played by her. He thinks that oh she's a puppet, but a but she's got brains on her. So I'm gonna use her to kind of I'm gonna play with her and see how she does. Oh, you know he kind of spars with her a little bit, but she when she gives him like the deal, 
and kind of the, the just, fake deal. <laughs> but even like, or when she says like, "prid," you know, "quid pro quo," like, let's, mm-hmm. you know, no, no, your turn now. And he's like, "Oh shit, okay, yeah, what, what? Let's go, let's keep going." I like I mean, it. I mean, that's that is his currency. It's not money. It's not getting out like he wants that intimate connection with the individual. He wants to know what is going to make them tick, what he can manipulate, how he can get into their heads. And I don't know. I I think that that is just such a a brilliant way, which, again, even in those scenes, we're, we're staring straight into her eyes. And then when it's her view, it's directly off to the side. Uh, that the camera is looking at, but with the the fava beans and a nice Chianti, like yeah, that's uh, that gets the headlines. That's what everybody's able to quote. But when he asks uh, Clarice, you know, what did Meg say, mm. and she tells him, and then he sort of sniffs like a wolf, like comes up to the little holes in his his uh, enclosure. Well, I I can't. Uh, but you do Evian wear like skin such, cream such perfume. Then he names the French perfume, and he's like, and then yeah. he stops, but he's like, "That's more disturbing than me." Then fucking. But also the fact that like when he Chianti. sniffs it, he's all like, "You wear right. this, but not today." And he's like, "It's like, oh, good. So you're smelling it even deeper into her skin from that far away." And and they do give you a good job of giving you that Peter Griffin moment where they, you know, they explain the silence of the labs. They're like, oh, it all makes sense now. When Chris... Ah, ah, he said it, he said it. (laughs) Hey, Chris, what's that? Did you sit on something? With with the idea that like Starling is being, you know, in the dark about some of the information, it definitely goes back to the root of the fact that she is a woman in a man's field. When she's at the FBI headquarters and she's watching the news and she's getting the information that the governor's daughter, governor, senator, one of the two, when the 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 girl who's in the pit has been captured, this is the first that she's hearing of it. Like, if she is on that team, why would she not be made privy, like, to this information? And it, and it is being kept from her. All the all the police officers who stare her down at the coroner's office. I mean, it's it is a man's world that she has to prove herself in. <laughs> and, and Catherine, the uh, Catherine Martin, the woman in the pit was played by uh, Brooke Smith, who is. She's been in a lot. Most recently for me, she's been in Bosch. Oh, she was the, in another. Uh, she was in another uh, Hopkins prime, film with uh, oh, yeah, Bad yeah. Company. Uh, I've never. Oh, okay. Oh, oh, oh! Apparently, she gained twenty five pounds for this role. I mean, she didn't. Yeah. She didn't pull a Charlize Theron for Monster, uh, but <laughs> they they had a uh, a small door half her height. Uh, for her to access the bottom of the pit, and then they would cover the door up with dirt uh, for her her like weird bottom well. Like who has a dry well in the in the basement of their home? Well, but Buffalo I mean, Bill does. So, either yeah, this house cool. was something different, or he. But he's only acquired the home in the last couple of years after he killed. Was she a great big fat woman? <laughs> I'm gonna need a house with a spacious kitchen and a, a, a murder hole. Just so happens we have one that opens. Think up. of all the space that's down there and climate control for my uh, moths. my moths. Right for the moths. I mean, you see a lot of debris down there. So either he built it, or the well was already down there, and the house was built on top of something else. But like speaking of the moths, so the pupa, the cocoon that was actually pulled out of the first victim's mouth was a combination of Tootsie Rolls and gummy bears, just in case it was going to be Let me swallowed. see that Tootsie Roll. 
Tootsie Roll. <laughs> so I, I kind of wanted Scott Glennon's character at the end to go to Clarice and kind of be like John Spencer's character in The Rock when, where is, where is Hector? You know, I, or where's Hannibal? I, I want to see him. You know, I want to see that body. Like, oh, vaporize, sir. Like, you know, <laughs> as he's. <laughs> Vaporized. <laughs> see, see, David, I went in a completely different direction. Oh, God. I wanted to see Clarice go up a, a hillside on a uh, a long forgotten island and uh, um, <laughs> Sir Anthony Hopkins turns around and he's in a Jedi robe and Clarice just holds up a skin suit. <laughs> And then they're like, he's just like, burr, 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 burr. And then it just goes to goes to credits. Oh, there it is. It could have been so good. <laughs> if only. <laughs> oh, Chris. I loved the, the predatory aspect, especially with the night vision goggle scene, because you almost like are one in one with Clarice in how helpless you're, she is. You're happy that she um, got all of her mistakes out kind of uh, in training. Uh, like, you know, oh, you, did, you didn't Oh, yeah. But, like but the, that, uh, was the, <laughs> that was the era of, like, the night vision coggle point of view. You had it in Patriot Games. Oh, that's uh, it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was just like, wait, you, you what wait. was that? Mo-? Like, as soon as you started talking, I'm like, I, I think you even had movie? it in the burbs. Like, there was a lot of that going you did on. Have, you did in have the night vision goggles like, in the burbs. Yes. Goggles. We're going to shoot a scene with that. Jurassic Park and Tim. God, I, I love the burbs mm-hmm. so much. Oh, so good. <laughs> this is Walter. <laughs> no! <laughs> you know what? Sardine. Back to, like, the recasting. Somewhere in this, just yeah. somewhere, because he's coming back, I want Rick Moranis in here. I want him <laughs> in here. Oh, you know what? Rick Moranis is going to be one of the bug doctors. He should replace one of oh. the bug doctors, exactly. He should have replaced, okay, he should have uh, replaced Cross-Eyed Dude. Ah! <laughs> the one who's all like, do you go out for burgers and, and beer? <laughs> all right, I've, I've got a better one. He's Hannibal Lecter's lawyer and it's the same rick moranis from ghostbusters my client would like to contest this like ah that'd be fucking perfect (laughs) the scorelli brothers (laughs) that'd be good have you seen the commercial with him and nathan uh uh, sorry, Nathan. Ryan Reynolds. Ryan Reynolds is doing like this mint commercial and he like Rick Moranis walks on. He's like, it's hard to believe that Mint Mobile has gone so long without an unlimited plan. So to introduce it, we brought in an actor we've all gone too long without Rick Moranis. So what do you want me to do? You want me to say something about Mint? Uh, no, that would have been smart. But uh, No, it's $30. It's unlimited. It'll do just fine. Sounds good. I really got to get a phone. So why am I here? I'm just it's a huge fan. Oh, stop it. Come on, no, stop it. seriously. Massive. That's it? That's it. See ya. Hi, Rick Moranis. That's why I'm here? He's like, yeah. <laughs> what? He's like, okay, bye. And he's all like, oh my god, that was Rick Moranis. I'm, I'm <laughs> like, that's the that whole commercial. That's awesome. That's, I mean, that's the whole commercial. Like, the entire thing, the first thing that Rick Moranis has done since he's come out, technically come out of retirement, since his wife, since his wife died. And that's what he does. And I think it's absolutely hilarious. However, I did hear a rumor that they were rebooting Honey, I Shrunk the Kids yeah, and he was going to be in it. I don't like reboots. 
Don't like it. There's been three of them. I don't think that they technically need to reboot it, but... And if he jumps back into the mix, I honestly don't care. I'll watch it. I don't care. Like, I'm just happy that he's back in our Right, lives. no, like, I mean, like, that we have Rick Moranis back. Yeah, exactly. Like, if he wants to come back and do something completely different, I think that'd be awesome. I think that'd be great. Boom. Man. Agreed. Rick Moranis. Rick Moranis. <laughs> <laughs> well, just a little note before we... uh head on into our Sega Monthes. I do love the fact that the movie had a budget of $19 million. It made its money back in the first opening week. The actual gross of the film made $130.7 million, and then worldwide gross was $272.7 million. So, unanimous success. Which spawned a plethora of other movies. And yeah, like three, three sequels, and... A television show. And launch Anthony Hopkins into A-list status. And later on in Jodie Foster's career, we got a little bit of Chickapay to hit in the wind. So, you know, there you go, too. Well, yeah, so Flight Jody, Plan Jody, and, you know, uh, yeah, uh, uh, Panic Room, which I really like Panic Room. Do you? I oh, do. That was, I mean, do you? I do. <laughs> that, that was forced... Forrest Whitaker and yeah, Panic Room. Yeah, uh, we're uh, yeah, Forrest Whitaker and what's um, his name? The guy from uh, Thirty Seconds to Mars. He he has his yes. nice little uh, cult now. And he's gonna be in Morbius. Uh, yeah, but, actually, him as Morbius, I can uh, see yeah, so, working right, really well. Jodie Foster, future Jodie Foster role. She plays Ellen DeGeneres in an Ellen DeGeneres <laughs> biopic, where she's just a dick to everyone the, the rise and fall just of Ellen. a dick to everyone with her deep fucking voice just like i'll fuck you up motherfucker like that's what i want to see that's the next next biopic let's do it make it happen i, I so i <laughs> really respect that jodie foster did not go into the sequel even though she said that she was offered a ton of money yeah, Julianne Moore took over as the role of Agent which, Starling. Uh, which, man, I love Julianne Moore. I don't care. Like, she's I do. So I do hot. like Julianne oh Moore, gosh. but I don't know. She's it just, weird, like cougar. It's hard to dislike her. Oh, I wholeheartedly agree. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I agree with that. <laughs> but she she turned it down saying, like, she felt such a connection with the character that, like, she felt like it was done for her. And that was... That she yeah, just, I, I mean, it, it's kind of like the same thing where Thomas Harris, the author of the novels, has never and will never see the movie. Because he feels that the depiction of the characters themselves are going to be so good that he's going to have a disconnect from the characters that he knows in his head and he wouldn't be able to continue writing any more of the novels. I mean... I think that's a myth, Drew. No, no, he, he went on record as a, saying that. That's a pretty uh, presumption... No. like. Imagine if J.K. Rowling's was like, yeah, I'm not going to watch Harry Potter because Harry Potter <laughs> up here is different than... Uh, Stay beats yeah. ass. <laughs> well, considering that J.K. Rowling cashing, was also a producer for every checks. film. She's still cashing them checks. <laughs> <laughs> J.K. Rowling's... Apparently, J.K. Rowling's next book that's coming out is a, uh, a, uh, a cis man who dresses up as a woman in order to kill his victims. Okay. Can they still set that to the Hogwarts thing? <laughs> <laughs> stab, 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 you're dead. <laughs> you're a murderer, uh, Johnny. <laughs> <laughs> you, well, you want to come slip it in my deathly hallow? <laughs> too much? That's probably too much. Hiding your basilisk in your chamber of secrets? Mm -hmm. uh, I'll, I'll do it'll, it. Yeah, it'll burn it. like a goblet of fire? Yeah. <laughs> Say Montez. Say Montez. <sighs> we don't. One, we don't have to. Two. We don't have to. I have that recording. No, fuck it. We're, we're doing, doing it. it. We're doing it, it. Okay. live. Fuck it. We're doing it live. <laughs> One, two, three.
Segments. <laughs> Not bad. All right, so just cut it. Something else. True. Just cut it. <laughs> oh, good lord! All right, the first segment is storage wars. So Agent Starling goes into Hannibal Lecter's storage unit, where inside she finds a plethora of things. But not only that, inside of a car that is inside the storage unit, she finds the severed head of Hannibal Lecter's former patient, Miss Moffat. Or as the anagram goes, the rest of me. If someone were to be buying your old storage unit, maybe even possibly on the show Storage Wars, what unique item or items would they possibly be finding in there? I'll go first. Ooh, yeah. So the car that they would find would be my first car, a 1992 Seafoam Green Saturn SL2 Manual Speed. Uh, In the trunk of this car would be a paintball blowgun which we used when I was in high school to drive up next to people at a stop sign or stop light and blast paintballs at the oh, side of their vehicle. Gosh. Also, there would be a heavily dented Dr. Pepper can, which was not a Dr. Pepper can. It was a insulated airtight Bong. storage <laughs> device for marijuanas. <laughs> So oh, I if you got pulled be, over and they saw a stray can of Dr. <laughs> Pepper in their seat, we the cops wouldn't think, oh, he's got marijuana in there. They'd be like, oh, it's just he's a fan of the pepper. See, no. you, you're like, like predating the guy from Cabin in the Woods who who collapses his bong into a coffee no, cup. No, no, but this was, yeah, no, it, it is, though, a, it was an actual can. He screwed off the top. It was airtight. Right. And it had liquid on the outer layer, so you could still shake it and get that. Oh, that's But you funny. could hide a bag of weed inside of it and have it in your car and just be like, oh, that's, my, that's my Dr. Pepper. No, that's my Dr. Pepper. You hide your weed in there. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you could you would also find uh, a drawer, a little dresser, dresser drawer with uh, an assortment of hemp bracelets and worn out concert t-shirts. Instead of a head in the jar, you'd find a half- full bottle of Everclear that by the looks of it, someone had tried to steep marijuana in and simply just forgot about it. Uh, There would also be a multitude of gray boxes full of Mad Magazine, Cracked Magazine, Punishers, X-Men, and Spider-Man comics. So a side note to essentially like steeping the marijuana in Everclear. Mm. So my grandmother did that. (laughs) Wait, what? All right, say Whoa. that again, but Whoa. say it slower. Okay, so my my grandma, my nana, my mother's mother, as a form of like treatment, okay, for not only her diabetes but also like arthritis, she would soak her marijuana in bottles of uh, rubbing alcohol. Okay, so I mean, just similar to it, and so she wouldn't obviously smoke it or anything. But then what she would do is but she, she would wouldn't ta- drink it because it was no, rubbing obviously. Alcohol. But then she would take the rubbing alcohol and then she would just like start like dabbing it over the areas that were like feeling pain. So it would just like soak into her skin. Well, that's interesting because THC is is soluble in fats and alcohol. So you can either turn it into butter and bake it into something, or you throw a bunch in a high proof alcohol and just let it sit there for a while 
Mm-hmm. That's kind of funny that you said that. I was like, oh my God, no way. That's yeah, fun. way. Yeah. And, and that's <laughs> yeah, a true way. story is that we did throw like the remains of a bag of weed into a half full bottle of Everclear and put it in a closet. And then we forgot about it. And we, when my roommate and I moved out like two years later, we're like, oh, oh, look at this. And it, it was <laughs> well okay so in my storage unit the unique items that people would be finding would be a uh, portfolio of short stories that i started from elementary school into junior high i was very big into just like oh my gosh i'm gonna write i'm gonna become the best writer ever no i just did a lot of time of like creating my own little booklets and writing stories and creating the covers for them and they they really went nowhere you would also find my gigantic keychains uh, collection which i think at one point had like about 150 keychains and uh yeah just a gigantic keychain collection uh you will find in great condition my collection of War Machine and Hordes, the Legion of Everblight Army, which is a tabletop army turn-based strategy what a nerd. game. That's and <laughs> yeah, what a, what a nerd. And speaking <laughs> of nerd, you would find a prime collection of very old Nintendo powers, which I have kept since I was in elementary school. And they're they're all like neatly stacked. And it, like the way that when you would stack them and you'd see from the side, they'd make out a picture. Like you just stack them up high. So you'd have old Nintendo powers. And then finally, from my childhood, a very nice collection of Lincoln Logs and Legos. <laughs> all right. Nice. Um, for my storage unit, you would find my Nintendo 64, plus all accessories that I purchased with my own money for working uh, a dishwasher at Wild Wild West Cafe. Oh, baby. Rumble uh, pack. Uh, the, the expansion Gold, pack Knight? for Pokemon Stadium. Yeah. No, definitely. Definitely bought them all. Yeah. Uh, Perfect Dark. Yeah. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. Star Fox the, 64. And the like the expansion mm. pack to be able to the the graphics mm-hmm. uh, upgrade. <laughs> um, you would find, and I don't laugh at this, Jiffy muffin mix. Because as a kid, I would straight up just eat the muffin that like powder. <laughs> Girl, you drew. <laughs> I loved that stuff. I loved it. <laughs> what? And so what? so I was good with it until I. Until I got ants in my room, and my mom was like, "What the hell is Jiffy <laughs> <laughs> Muffin Mix in your room?" And I'm like, uh, uh, "I'm not snorting it. I'm just eating it." Like, <laughs> Jack is horrified. <laughs> I need more information. I need more information now. Are you just like <laughs> yes, tipping the sir. box back with like the Are biscuit bag inside it? of it? Or are you? Are you like you have like a little spoon, <laughs> no. like a little Coke spoon? You're like, all right, there we Straight go. Up, yeah, uh, that's good muffin uh, mix right there. Like, like, like what the Cheetos fuck? What the fuck? Down in the down in the powder. <laughs> oh my god! Uh, hold on. Uh, what any specific flavor? What bread is this? Chiffy. Oh, um, yeah. It's is like it still the around? The shittiest muffin mix you can possibly get. It's like ninety-eight <laughs> cents, like a box. I mean, it's. <laughs> Christmas list 2020 Jiffy Muffin Mix. And you find a, a very good collection of micro machines that my brother and I pulled together. Gotta oh, love micro, micro machines. Micro. My parent yes. actions. Um, these were very, very often stolen <laughs> from my parents' robes, and they would be 
very upset because we would use them either for a weapons uh like they were the best like whip like to like hit each other with paul paul and i would play this game we just oh call my gosh. don't don't quit i don't know what we call where we don't we <laughs> don't be don't cry don't cry to the pain of these robe sashes and then swing and slap each other and, and, and snap just go whack smack whack smack like just as fast as you could until you finally either bled or were like i'm out i'm done <laughs> and then until you high, bled like, from bleeding because obviously paul's five years older than me he'd be like mom nathan hurt himself <laughs> and I'd, I'd be too busy crying <laughs> Um, so what else? Uh, I, the hand-me-down TV that Paul oh gave me, which I thought was very cool of him when he left for college. He left me his shitty, shitty TV. Um, and oh, sorry the the battle to- we made a Battletoads map for for one of the uh, mid level and it's apparently one of like the hardest games. Like hardest levels to beat in a game because it happens so fast. You have it down and just anticipate it. It's not a game where you just pick up and like, oh, this is no problem. I mean, the, the hover bike episode, but give a give a and a few ten year olds a case of to Coca-Cola, the point where like we're like yeah, like, but yeah. it is it is not like, easy. It is not easy. Left, right, left, left, right, down, left, right, up. Yeah, it's it got it got intense. Anyways, that's. I just want to. I, I want to give Nathan like a six pack of like Surge and oh, just see shit. what happens. That with is them. My, by far, hands down, my favorite soda. We used to have sleepovers. I think the fifth grade, where we would get Jolt Cola and then we would take shots of Jolt Cola like we were we were shooting back the hard stuff. <laughs> Break the uh, tank. Break yeah. No. The exactly. Tank. exactly. <laughs> no. It's a, oh. Oh. <laughs> We're gonna put it in a pan and reduce it a little, and then, uh, and then we're gonna dehydrate uh, that and make it into a powder, and then just snort it like cocaine. Hey, it's muffin mix. <laughs> no, no, if dick. you mix it with some jiffy oh. biscuit mix. Oh, them muffins, <laughs> them muffins. I don't know what the carbonation so yeah, would that, do to that, that, would that though. But what you would find. <laughs> let's see what happens. In my storage unit. <laughs> All right, number two is bugs galore. The pupa of the death head moth is found within the throat of the first victim. And Hannibal Lecter believes that it symbolizes change for Buffalo Bill. I would like to know what insect would be your calling card. And I will I will gladly start this off. So there is a uh, there is a species of beetle called the Eocorythodirus incredibilis. It is a species of beetle that has infiltrated a uh, a species of termite mounds the the macrotermes gilvis now this beetle has whittled its way in and settled in and now lives there for generations where the termites think that they are the larva of the termite this beetle has also grown a uh, a hook that the adult termites will then pick them up and carry them to where the food is so now this beetle, having lived inside for so long, uh, they they have very, very poor ars- uh, eyesight, apparently. So they're just picked up, carried, and they're, uh, they're taken to where the food is every single time. They don't necessarily move on their own. They, uh, <laughs> they're just taken to where the food is. And 
I feel like this is exactly me right now because Uber Eats has taken me <laughs> to where the food is. <laughs> my, my, my. <laughs> so that's my... <laughs> That's my bug. My my bug would be, um, which I believe is called the camel spider. I, I don't. So they're they look like a oh. scorpion. Hold on. Um, Does it have toes? Hold on. I hear it makes like a shrieking noise. That was a that that was a bad joke. I got you. <laughs> no, you know what? I'm gonna skip that. All right, so we'll skip that bug. All right, my bug. Because honestly, I read the the segment wrong and i thought it was just like what would be your like what would you shove in the mouth of people what would be your calling card that be, I means like the same thing no but i didn't see oh so well my my oh yeah because camel spider is technically a well no uh, originally i had uh, that's why i was like oh my gosh like i had a rolled up nintendo power <laughs> and i thought i was like that he stole from my like, oh shit like <laughs> drew's already got the nintendo power no but um my my backup bug is the metallic wasp it's a very groovy looking wasp that has kind of like these like antlers. And I, so just recently, I got stung by a yellow jacket. And it reminded me how goddamn painful and how quickly those things just like get you. And so my, uh, my symbolism would be just quick shock and utter pain that shit like that can happen. On uh, to the world. If I was a bad guy, I'd be like, "Oh yeah, I'm, I'm a wasp. I'm a yellow jacket. I'm, I'm inflicted pain." Get like the the Japanese killer hornets. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I mean, like with bees, with bees, they're like the samurai. The like they they sting you, and then they <gasps> they they're, they're like they've they've <laughs> fought with honor, and then they're 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 dead. But the yellow jacket's like, "Yeah, oh, fuck you. <laughs> you want another? another? Oh, give here another. you go. Have it. <laughs> Come on, then." And the metallic wasp just looks pretty hardcore. Jack. I took a little artistic license. Uh, I do not have a insect pupa. Instead of an insect, I would leave a small smoked sausage. <laughs> so about the size of your pinky finger in the sausage? victim's mouth. Uh, the media will call me Jack Lynx, or some of them may call me Lincoln Jack, because I use the body and the body parts to case stuff. Link and smoke my own recipe of forbidden sausages. I love it. Oh, well, that man. Which I will serve to my friends unwittingly. <laughs> it's priest. Have a bit of priest. It looks, it looks like a form <laughs> of a go. Bahama mama. He must be telling us that he's in the Bahamas. <laughs> Another clue. <laughs> <sighs> Segment three. Punishment, you see, for MIGs. Just like that gospel program. When you leave, they'll turn the volume way up. Dr. Chilton does enjoy his petty torments. So Lecter is being punished for what happened to MIGs for what he did to Clarice by having a TV placed outside of his cell, which is tuned to a gospel program. Once Clarice leaves, the volume will be turned all the way up. What TV show would be placed outside of your cell, marathoning, with the volume turned up? Nathan? And I'll take uh, first on this one, and that would be Game of Thrones Season 8, 
on repeat just <laughs> over and over and over again to remind me plot point kill a plot point kill a plot <laughs> point kill a plot point and it's all garbage now you bastard would it be the entire season or just one episode nathan <laughs> oh the entire season they would let they would let it be known that uh or you know what just do from the long night on to those what, okay. three episodes those just garbage shit time episodes yeah just to remind me that there is beauty in this world and someone can shit all over it <laughs> because they don't care. They, they mostly come care. at night. Mostly. 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 <laughs> <laughs> oh, so yeah. And that, that volume would be up so loud. The darkness would be nice and it would be super dark. So I'm just like, I can't even see what's going on. And they, they would know that it would get to me. I would try and be all, you know, Hannibal Lecter and not just kind of like, oh, like, I'm not watching. But they know that I'm watching. And I I'm have to watch. I never blink. <laughs> <laughs> Purposely blink. Well, I'll take the next one. Mine would be one of myriad high society reality TV shows. So keeping up with the Kardashians vanderpump rules hmm. really are the 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 real housewives of of who gives a mother fuck. thank you i'm none thank of you those, jack I'm i none of am so rich and privileged but it's so hard oh my god this mimosa has too much orange juice in it. What sort of fucking brunch is this jack if that was on my tv though that was my punishment I would just stare at whatever doctor, like Denzel Washington, does in Glory when he's getting whipped. That's just me. Like I'm just like, I might shed a little tear, but you ain't getting much else out of me. Just smack, smack. What? What you got? I'm not carrying your flag. Yeah, uh, I. Uh, the glorification of that lifestyle is one thing, but like the petty drama. Oh, good God! I I cannot stand it and it's rough and then also segs into like you know when they ask kids like do you want to be a doctor or an astronaut they're like no i want to be like a youtube personality or an influencer it's like that's not a fucking thing <laughs> it, it be is, a real though. person no it it is though it's called entertainment and it's <sighs> it, it's 15 million merits <laughs> or have you guys not watched that black uh black Mirror? which what, what was it in the oh, new was, like, oh, was it in the what? new uh Oh, no, the, the one where the they get the ups and the downs. Where you no, where you get to uh, like you get your like five minute thing. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I remember that episode. Yeah. My five minutes fame probably would have been like like just shit bombing a public restroom, <laughs> and then the person that goes in after is like, "What the fuck? I'm dying. Hey, what's up? How did it get on? This bomb? How did it get on the ceiling? Bomb mamas and <laughs> bomb mamas and bitch waters. What you want? Uh, well. Get spicy. Apparently, there. Jack and I are sharing the same cell because I also <laughs> I also put down literally the Real Housewives of you know the OC New Jersey. Who the hell cares? Which or, one of you is Migs? <laughs> Jesus. Or um or keep I <laughs> or keeping up with the real Kardashians, which sounds like a line from one of those right. TV and shows. It really, <laughs> you know what? Honestly, I you're right. I would not put it past those women literally yelling at each other saying, like, I can smell your content. I've seen worse psychopaths 
crop up in those shows than Hannibal Lecter has anything to it's do. The, with. It's the, it's like that uh, the meme that goes around saying like, how can you tell me what I'm supposed to be thinking? That's my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> I I can't stand those shows, and I don't understand how people can watch them, but that's just me. I mean, some of the, like, my threshold for reality TV is very, very narrow. Mm -hmm. It's usually cooking shows, but they have to make good food. I can't stand watching cooking shows where it's like, the worst cooks and blah, 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 and they're all making shitty food. Like, I want to see people making good food. I don't want to see them, like, serving slop up. But it's the same thing. It's like, oh, we're so rich, but it's so hard. Like, no, you're just a bunch of fucking narcissistic assholes. Like, go fucking go back to Malibu or go... Go to the Maldives or some shit. Like, I don't want to see your shit. It's weird because it, like, makes celebrities out of people that just wish that they were celebrities. Like They're they socialites. Have, That's, like, yeah, all they are. They have like, money, it, and it's like, man, I wish that people cared more about me. Oh, like, they'll do a show about me? Cool. I mean, they, they are who they are. I don't necessarily want to, like, you know, break into, like, a trash talk, like, of the people. But, like, sorry. Like, I don't. Your lives are not that entertaining to me, and I don't need to see your drama. I hope. The Kardashians pays Ray J like a a, a, <laughs> a yearly like stipend. A, a, yeah, a stipend or royalties or something because none of them would be famous without him. So yeah, not to this level, but they would, they're still they'll always be famous just for their dad. Well, but that's now. But it really took that dick to get it all kicked off. No, I mean because of the because Ray J came into the room and Kim Kardashian was there and he was like, I inspire cunt and now we have to keep it up with Kardashians. So much. He was your son, Tommy. He was your son. You should have protected her. I hope you can pick up Anna Lapp. Yes, I can. He was your son, Tommy. You should have protected him. <laughs> She's still going. <laughs> oh, good gravy. Well, all right. What do uh what do each of us think of this film? I mean, personally, <laughs> personally, I I genuinely I genuinely love this. I I really really enjoy this film. And the more that I watched it, the more I very much appreciated like almost everything about it from like the soundtrack to obviously the lighting and the camera work and how a man got a Best Actor Academy Award for 16 minutes on film. And only four scenes with Jodie Foster. Um, I would give this... Man, this is hard. Because in a way, I never want to watch this movie again. Because it's that... like, And I, I mean that in like a very respectful... And he never once said anything <laughs> nice about my movie choices. Not like, once. But I, I like this movie so much because it's so it is so good but it's one of those movies that i don't put this on often because yeah <laughs> for, for, shit, yeah. for shits and giggles uh, you don't do a christmas eve silence of the lambs checking up on good old agent starling no like, i but i would i would give this it's due uh i'd give it a, a 10 out of 10 like it, the the film is one of the best works of art i think i've I've watched in cinema. Like it really does. It's again, not my cup of tea really, but I can let it be, you know, presented in front of me and just enjoy every, the, 
the deeper you get into it too, like you were talking about, mm-hmm. just like each time you watch it, you're like, I never really noticed that layer or, oh, like this is. You start noticing like more and more things. Like when he's in his like temporary cell before he eviscerates and make the man look like, you know, Jesus on the cross, he has a Bon Appetit magazine like sitting on his fucking table. I, I it's tiny little nuances that are just fun to notice in this movie. Yeah. So I did love it. If this movie tucked itself back and asked if I'd fuck it, the answer would be no. I would give it some casual hand stuff. Uh, But my issue with this movie is that it picks on a very small, marginalized portion of the population that honestly doesn't need to be picked on. So I'm going to give it a five out of eight of the murder victims from Buffalo Bill. The movie is still great, but... I think the the target of the villain Buffalo Bill is a little bit too easy in this. Day Again, day. I think that mm. maybe like doesn't stand necessarily the test of time with all subject material, but for what it was, for what it is, for the I, time, yes. Maybe yes. I don't associate a lot of times when movies go, "Oh, hey, here's this bad guy," and then I think, "Oh, are all people of that nationality or belief or race or any?" You know, like they do a. A show about Mormons. Do I really think that all Mormons believe that? Like, uh, Big Love? You know, do I'm like, oh man, the one Mormon of that one compound is so nuts. Like, do, do they do they paint them all with one brush? Yeah, but I, I think in 1991, making a trans person sure, a villain I, I due that. to their I transness, yeah, but I, also I, would, his, I would say that's also a, his mental uh, beyond the pale right now. But at the same time, we wouldn't have had uh, uh, Jay tucking it back in clerks too and eric cartman so you know it is a part of our pop culture it's it's out there uh but you know five out of eight uh i'll give it that so i mean i as i said like i really do love this movie i am not necessarily going to be as generous as nathan was with a 10 out of 10 but i will give it i'm going to give it my uh, verdict of finger food i'm going to give it uh all you know four uh four fingers and uh, the thumb is technically half of a finger. So four, I'm going to give it four and a half out of five. And then, uh, Drew, I did come up with a uh, Oh, Patreon well, finally. Good. I'm excited on. now. Yeah. Originally, I was like, man, what, what are we going to do for a Patreon exclusive? So for this one, we're going to do a, a cool okay. five, five Gs, five grand. If you're dating somebody new or getting engaged to somebody and your parents have qualms, and you say, oh, well, you should have seen the last guy that I dated. We will show up, I personally will show up at Thanksgiving dinner where they're meeting your your, your new fiancé or boyfriend or girlfriend for the first time in a trench coat, tucked back. The whole family opens the door and I'm just, you want to fuck me? And, and- I'd fuck me. I'm, insert name, your ex-boyfriend for the past six months. And they'd be like... They would love your new partner so much. Nathan and I will be in the background holding up a speaker playing American Girl while you do this. No, that's fine. Yeah, we'll take it. We'll take it. Yeah. No, it'd be like the Big Lebowski. It'd be the two other Germans in the background. (laughs) But to place that order, you need to call the Tooch Line. Where's the money, Lebowski? (laughs) Ooh, to call the Tooch Line. Hold me closer, tiny Tooch. Oh, guys, guys, we would love you to call the Tooch line. Just leave a message, leave a a threat, 
you know, you can always, you know, call us and tell us a joke. Tell us how your day's going. Anything. Honestly, we would personally just love to hear from you. And if you can call the Tooch line at 661-376-0030, we'd love to hear from you. Give the Tooch line a call. It's so neglected. It, it is kind of neglected. We haven't had a call for quite a while, but we would definitely love to hear from you. Uh, guys, if the Tooch line is not necessarily your style, you can always reach us on Facebook and Instagram. You can search for the Real Feels Podcast on Twitter at Real Feels Pod, or you can send us an email at realfeelspodcast at gmail.com. Or leave a five-star review. Oh, we, we five love those. Reviews. We love those. Uh, but back to the Tooch Line for the moment. The Tooch Line, <laughs> folks, it's like the princess from the never-ending story. Call out its name. <laughs> Just give it a ring. Leave us a message. We'd love to hear it. Sebastian, say my name. Moonchild. <laughs> Moonchild. Jesus. Well, uh, coming up, we have our next Patreon chosen movie from uh, our good patron, Matthew. Looking forward and, to it. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's going to be one that none of us had seen. Uh, so that's that's going to be a real feels but first. But enough feels of the actor who stars in it that oh, they're that off I'm, the chart. I am a okay with this choice so so far. Haven't watched it, but already I'm like okay, come bring it. Yeah, it's going to be a virgin real feels. Oh yeah. Oh. <laughs> Hello there, listeners. It was your son, Hannibal. <laughs> 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 Uh, well, okay, so after the Patreon, uh, we come right back around to Jack, who's gonna give us some, uh, Femme Fatale. Femme Fatale is a lot of sir. And then Nathan Spy. has, is it War? Spy! Spy. We've it already for? done War. War was, uh, Last of the Mohicans. That's right. And then I'll, uh, I'll be coming around the mountain and bringing you guys some, uh, cat and mouse. <laughs> I like that all of us are the cat, not the mouse. <laughs> <laughs> all right folks well until then by all means go out and spread the word you know tell everybody else about the real feels podcast you know share a nice bottle of chianti maybe uh maybe chew off the jaw of your nearest friend but more importantly let them know that you are the realist and the feelers i can smell your cunt <laughs> <God! laughs> you knew it was, i knew i shouldn't have let you be the last be. one you i knew, knew it <laughs> You knew what this was. I'm looking at you oh. two. <laughs> so rough. Lord of mercy. <laughs>